We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday. It is July 26th. It is 2022. We have 13 baseball games to talk about here on today's podcast. I'm joined by my buddy, Keith Eister. Eyes 819. What's happening, my friend? Oh, not too much. Coming off a, a night where I played a little too much Sean Manaya. Um, didn't quite expect the Tigers to, to touch him up as much as they did. Played a lot of Brewbreaker too. He didn't really get the strikeouts I was expecting. So not, not a great Monday night for me, um, but we move on to Tuesday. Coming off a nice little NASCAR weekend. Um, I know you put out some betting picks. I, I tailed you on a Chase Elliott outright. Ends up getting the victory with the disqualification. So that was a, a nice little boost to the account. Um, also had Chastain and Kyle Busch up there too. Like you were all over the the top like four or five. Like I think you had outrights on, on four of them. So really good nascar weekend again for you my friend yes i mean it was it was a good weekend um destroyed trucks had good cup weekend um and i don't think anyone i don't think anyone and if you if you say you did um you're probably lying to yourself i didn't think i don't think anyone had kyle freeland as the highest scoring pitcher on (laughs) um, monday's slate so uh that was interesting and like both pitchers in that game i mean freeland and ashby um are the two highest scoring pitchers I did like Merrill Kelly on the podcast yesterday. We talked about him. Um, Zach Greinke had strikeouts. Like, all of the top-end options. Like, Max Freed had, like, 18, but he didn't really pitch well. Um, You know, we talked a lot about Brubaker. Gonzalez going right now, and we'll see how that kind of plays out because he is pitching well to start the game. Um, But, yeah, I mean, two points from Sean Manaya. 
Jacob Rizzi's getting blasted right now as we're recording um, where he's, I think he's at one fantasy point now. So yeah, we'll have to see how it kind of plays out, but yeah, Monday's pitching slates. We talked about it yesterday on the podcast. We said that we were worried and we had every reason to be. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I mean, going into Tuesday's slate, we got some arms and we get a lot of people to talk about here. We have a lot more arms to talk about. Uh, we have a ton of ceiling. So let's get into it. We get started here with Tampa at Baltimore. McClanahan going up against Watkins in this one. Eight total. The Rays are a 200 favorite. McClanahan leads the majors in strikeouts this season. This guy has just been an absolute machine. He's 10-3. I mean, he's top of the board for me uh, when we're looking at ceiling. I know Baltimore has been better, but they still strike out a ton against left-handed pitching, and this guy's the best strikeout pitcher in baseball this year. Yeah, McClanahan is, is the top option on the slate. You could argue argue he's underpriced uh, for this matchup. Agreed, Baltimore is actually looking like a, a pretty decent team, um, back to 500 now. Uh, but McClanahan is, is I mean, you can argue he's the best fantasy pitcher in the sport. Um, so at, at 10-3, perfectly fine fitting him in. Um, highest upside on the slate, number one option for me as well. Watkins on the other side. I mean, Tampa is a strikeout lineup, but – he's been decent. Like if you look at his last few starts, he's been decent. If you look at his season numbers, not great. You look at his last month of pitching a lot better. Um, walks still a thing, but the strikeouts have been up there. He hasn't been getting touched up as much. Um, he's 5,800. We have so many ceiling pitchers on the slate. What are we doing here with Spencer Watkins? Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to find myself down in this range. A um, couple of pitchers right around 8K that I think have some decent ceiling on this slate. So I'd rather just find the money to get up, up to them. Um, a, a couple of studs on the slate as well that we know we want to pay for. I, just, I don't see myself going down into this range very much. Not necessarily afraid of Tampa Bay, especially without Franco in, in the lineup. Um, but yeah, Watkins I, just doesn't have enough upside for me. If you're playing 150 today, I think you leave him in your player pool because there are some teams that we're going to talk about stack wise that are expensive. This, this Tampa lineup has 29% case on the season. Um, so the projected lineup anyway. Um, so I think, I think he's, if you're playing one fifties in play, I don't even think in like a 20 entry max, I get there. But I think if I was playing 150, I would probably have like 5%. Um, you know, we're going to talk about offenses like Boston. They're in a fantastic spot, it seems. Um, so we'll talk about them. Toronto is in a great spot today. We'll talk about them. I mean, there there's a few other teams that we're going to talk about. Um, we have cores and we have Kopech, who's been, you know, kind of struggling. And, you know, Marquez, who's pitching against the White Sox and cores. So, I think if you're playing 150, maybe 5%. Um, Tampa Bats, Brandon Lau would be my favorite here. Um, Rally had a double. You know, the guy we talked about on the podcast yesterday is 2,100. He's 2K. Um, you can still play him in the outfield. This guy has raw power. Um, everything I've read on him, scouting report-wise, he has raw power. So I think he's a potential value play if you need to save some money today. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Tampa Bats? 
Yeah, I, I like your loud call. Um, punting with Rayleigh, totally fine with that as well. Um, I think that's going to be a, a great way to fit in this pitching. Like, you don't necessarily have to pay for two studs. I talked about that 8K range. Um, but you'll, you'll still probably need one or two of these 2K bats. Rayleigh fits that, that really well. I don't really want to stack. Watkins has actually improved his control a little bit here recently. The strikeouts have ticked up a little bit. Like you, you touched on, he's kind of just been pretty good here recently. A lot of these Baltimore guys have. They're, they're kind of – seems like they're chasing the same type of pitcher that Cleveland is, um, just soft contact guys that, that give up some fly balls but not too many home runs. Um, that's kind of what Watkins is. So I don't think I want to t- stack Tampa Bay with the injuries that they're dealing with, uh, but I don't mind a couple one-offs. I like Lau, um, and if a punt is certainly fine as well. Any interest in the Baltimore bats here? No, I'm not touching Baltimore against McClanahan. Yeah, and like not even just Clanahan, the the Rays bullpen is so good um, that I think this is just one of those spots we're going to stay away. Atlanta at Philadelphia, we have a seven and a half total. Some books have it at eight. Most books have it at Atlanta minus one twenty five. Strider Nola eight is kind of an interesting line with these two guys facing off against each other. I I think I like the under in that one. Um, anyway. Strider first here going up against Philly finally had a, a kind of a rough start, but I mean, face an offense that just doesn't really strike out in Washington. You know, it's just one of those offenses where they put the ball in play a lot. They work counts and they're really tough offense for, for pitchers of facing them. The flip side, Philadelphia, they have a ton of strikeouts. They don't walk at all. This is that spot where you jump right back on Spencer Strider, Keith. Absolutely. He's, my favorite pitcher on the slate, like his price tag is far too low. We've seen the massive upside this guy possesses. Struggled with his command in that last start. Um, expect him to get right back on track here. Uh, that that strikeout rate was hovering around 40%, even a little bit over that in his last few starts before the the stinker that he put up, put up against Washington. Uh, I'm going to be all over his strikeout prop as well. It probably opens at six and a half. I don't think they put too much stock in, in that last last outing because of the matchup against Washington. Um, but if it, if it were to happen to happen to open up at five and a half, I would absolutely hammer that. Um, I'll still be betting it at, at, at six and a half, but he he's too cheap. This is a phenomenal matchup. I like him to get right back on track. Yeah. He's one of my favorite pitchers on this slate too. Uh, sometimes like prize picks will have their props up for pitching night before they don't have it up yet. It's one that I'll definitely be checking. Uh, I love the over on, I think even six and a half here. Um, yeah. So he's one of those guys where, I mean, on FanDuel, like they, they offer that like tiered strikeout that you can do. Like I might like even say you could tier him up to like nine or 10 today. Um, I think that this is going to be an excellent bounce back spot for him. So, uh, I mean, Nola on the other side of this game, I mean, we have two really good pitchers and if you want to like just give Strider his respect, I mean, Vegas is there. The Atlanta Braves are the favorite here. Strider's the favorite against Nola with the Atlanta Braves kind of banged up. I mean, Nola's in a fantastic spot in this game. This is a game that two to one, three to two is, I mean, it's likely. Um, I mean, I, I think Aaron Nola at 10K is very much in play today. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you on that one. Uh, Nola's skills, like he is among the best that his uh, K to walk ratio, 28% strikeouts, his, his walks this year are down under three and a half percent. 
Um, just absolutely elite control. Nola is just underrated in general. I, I'm fine paying 10K against him. The Braves, obviously, a powerful offense, but still strike out a ton. So I think Nola has plenty of upside here in this matchup. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I prefer McClanahan. We'll see what that does to the ownership of Nola, but I'm, I'll, I'll try to fit both of them in into a few lineups as well. Um, have to find a couple of cheap stacks to get that done. But you look at Monday night, nobody played Detroit really, and they, they went out there and put up 12 runs. So always variance in baseball. I, I want to pay up for these two pitchers. Strider is right there with them as far as the top tier on, on this slate. Yeah, so, I mean, this is one of those spots where if we get the prize picks under um, first inning runs allowed at .5, I would take it. They probably don't post it for this game, but I'm just saying. All right. Another bet, just as long as we're on the topic. I've been hammering Nola's um, over-pitching outs. If if it's under 18, just absolutely hammer um, Nola's pitching out. He's he's going so deep into games this year. Um, That's been something I've I've cashed on a couple of times this, this season. Yeah, um, I've gotten underdog has had him at 96 and a half pitches a couple times this year um, where I've been able to kind of jump on that. And it's usually in tougher matchups. And I think he's gone over like 96 in like eight of his last 10 starts or something. So check that on underdog as well. Bring in all the goods today. We're doing it all. Um, I have no interest in bats in this game. If I was going to play anybody, it would probably be Matt Olson. But at 5,300 on a day that I'm going to be paying up for pitching as much as possible, I got nothing here for bats. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, Schwarber, maybe I would take some shots on just because Strider can give up some fly balls. I, I It wouldn't surprise me to see Schwarber take him deep. Uh, I like him as a one-off. Bryson Stott has showed a lot, a lot of power. He's really cheap if you're if you're kind of hunting for a home run. But I, I wouldn't play more than one or two Philly guys. Um, d- definitely don't want to stack them, but I don't mind chasing a home run in this ballpark anytime. Yeah, this ballpark was built for Ryan Howard back in the day. So left-handed power bats definitely excel in this one. St. Louis at Toronto. This game, eight and a half total, nine total on some books. Blue Jays a big favorite here at 235. Palante going up against Berrios. Um, I mean, I have no interest in Palante here. Nope, me either. Toronto is probably my favorite stack on the on the slate. Yep, they're, they're one of the offenses that we said, yeah, we could pay up for some offenses today. They're one of them. Uh, Barrios, 7,900, huge favorite here. The strikeouts have been better recently. I don't like pitchers against St. Louis. Um, I mean, large field tournaments maybe, but I think did, overall. Did you see that Goldschmidt and arenado are not vaccinated and will not be with the team i did not see that um (laughs) so yes i i have even more interest in in barrios now like that completely changes this st louis lineup completely changes the st louis lineup that's the that's the two or three i mean that's the two best hitters in the lineup by far and yeah i mean no protection now for some of these guys in this lineup what is the lineup even going to look like yeah, I think Barrios, depending on what the lineup looks like, definitely going to be in play here. Yeah, he's he's the guy in the the eight K range that I was referring to. Just and just because no Goldschmidt and no Arenado, I'm completely with you. St. Louis has been a tough team to target um, DFS pitchers against. They don't strike out. There's plenty of power in the lineup, but you take out their two best hitters, and it's a different conversation. Um, like there's just not much left there. Tyler O'Neill has had a, a rough season. Tommy Edmond doesn't, I mean, nice speed, a good bat, but 
nothing to be terribly afraid of. Um, Gorman has some power, certainly. Donovan has had a decent season for an unheralded rookie, but like there's just there's no star power in the lineup. There's take out their two best power bats. And Barrios's form has really seemed to come around here recently. Um, just huge struggles to start the year. Um, then, but then he's been flashing the strikeout stuff a little bit here recently. He had 13 strikeouts against Philly, um, had seven against Kansas City in his last one. So I think Barrios has kind of started to figure some things out again. Without St. Louis's two best hitters here, I, I think Barrios is very much in play. And I don't know that he's going to get a ton of ownership just because of that stigma of St. Louis. You've got Strider up there for just a couple hundred more. Um, there's another guy that we'll talk talk about in this same price range who's in a really good spot with a great matchup. I don't think Barrios is going to get played very much. And I, I absolutely love this spot for him uh, with a watered down St. Louis lineup. So anytime we talk about a guy, you know, kind of clicking – there's usually a reason why this guy was averaging around 60% fastballs for the first two and a half months of the season. And the last month, the last, I mean, his four starts in July, he's averaging 48% fastballs. He's using the curveball and change up more. I mean, it's the major leagues. If you're going to go out there and you're going to throw 60% fastballs, you're going to give up home runs. Um, and I mean, that's been one of his biggest struggles this year is, having two or three home run games um, against him. So, I mean, he went in on a stretch there where he gave up seven home runs and three starts. And since then, um, the fastball usage has been way down. So maybe they clicked on something. Maybe it's a different catcher. Maybe they're just realizing that you probably shouldn't throw 60% of fastballs. Uh, St. Louis bats. I mean, with the two best hitters out of the lineup, it's obviously it's obviously going to open up um, some value. Do we know what that value is going to be? It's probably going to be pool hosts. I would guess um, at, at 2,400, he's super cheap. And then I would assume that it's going to be Sosa getting the other starting spot for um, Arnado. He's not a huge power guy. He's 2,100. I mean, it's tough to like the St. Louis lineup with their two best hitters out of the lineup. Yeah, I will say there's there's some cheap power here. I don't mind Gorman at 2,900 um, in case Berrios doesn't. I mean, if he comes out and struggles again, I certainly don't mind chasing St. Louis. They're going to be really cheap. Um, Carlson, DeYoung, or I guess DeYoung isn't isn't up anymore, but O'Neill's 3,800, Carlson's 3,600, Gorman's 2,900. Even that little three-man right there, I don't mind it in lineups that I'm not playing Berrios. I, I will have more Berrios than I have Cardinals. Um, but the prices on these guys who are going to get bumps up in the lineup, I, I think that they're going to make some sense. Uh, Toronto bats, you already kind of said it. They're one of your favorite stacks. I'm right there with you. Uh, I think top to bottom, this is a stack we're looking at today. Yeah, just absolutely loaded with right-handed power. Um, Palante hasn't shown huge strikeout ability, more of a ground ball guy. And he's even like, he was really generating a ton of ground balls when he first moved into the rotation He's kind of fallen off here recently. Um, he's given up three home runs over his last three starts, um, at least three earned runs in each of his last three starts. So he, he's kind of come back to earth a little bit. Anytime I've got a, a guy who's not missing a ton of bats against a Toronto team with a ton of power, I'm, I'm interested for sure. I wonder what they do. Um, I, I'm just, I'm super curious if like Goldschmidt and Arnado go play like AAA games or something like Goldschmidt has been scorching. Um, so, yeah, it's it stinks. I mean, I did not see that news, so I haven't looked into it, but, yeah. All right, Cleveland at Boston. 
I mean, no total in this game because no one knows what's going. No one knows who's going to pitch in this one. It, I mean, <laughs> for Cleveland, it sounds like it's going to be a bullpen game. They might use McCarty uh, for three to four innings here, and it sounds like Brian Shaw is going to kind of start. And then on the Red Sox side of things, it sounds like Winchowski is going to be back from the COVID list here, and he'll start in this one. I mean, we're not touching this Cleveland or Boston pitching situation today, right? There's just way too many arms. Yep, agree. Yep. Let's talk bats in this one, though, um, because when there's not a lot of pitching options, there's usually a lot of hitting options. So we'll start here with the Guardians. Um, Wachowski's not terrible, um, but he's hittable. So what do we like here for Cleveland? Yeah, I I do like the Cleveland stack. Um, Love the ballpark in Boston. Um, Jose Ramirez is one of the best hitters in baseball, always in play. And then outside of Ahmed Rosario, everybody else is really cheap. Rosario's up around 5K, but absolutely love Naylor at 3,900. Quan is a guy that I usually only play in stacks because he's he's more of the get-on-base type of guy, maybe steal you a base, score a couple of runs. Um, but I think in a stack, he's he fits nicely at 3,700. Fran Mill is 3,200. Those, those are my favorite options. Um, but I, Jimenez at 3,800 is, is another one that I really like. I, I like the full stack here. When Kelsey's not, not somebody I'm running away from and Cleveland is cheap, I think it'll be pretty easy to pay up for some pitching, um, even, even putting Jose Ramirez in that stack because you've got all those value bets in the 3K range. And then, I mean, on the Boston side, there's just so many people out in this one that we're going to – we're going to have value. Um, so I think it's going to be one of those things. We got to see what the lineup looks like. Are they going to hit, you know, Duran and Ren Snyder one and two um, Vasquez as a catcher hit fifth on Monday and like Cordero had a good lineup spot. So obviously Verdugo Xander Bogart's probably like the two guys you're going to build around, but I like the value that Boston's going to offer on this slate. Um, maybe, Maybe get a guy like um, Jeter Downs or somebody in the lineup where, you know, you're paying minimum salary for him. So, yeah, I think Boston may be more of a secondary stack, but very much in play for me today. Yeah, absolutely in play. Um, Cleveland's going to be running out a bullpen game. Right now what I'm seeing listed is is McCarty is going to be the kind of the bulk reliever. Uh, he's left-handed, so if if JD is able to go, I know he's been dealing with some back spasms, but JD is one of my favorite hitters on the slate. If he's if he's in the lineup, love Xander as well. Um, love the value from Ref Snyder and, and Dalbach. Don't mind Duran, even even if he's going to get a couple of bats against the lefties. He seems like he can handle lefties fine. He's definitely leading off against Shaw, which is a great matchup. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I have a ton of interest in Boston. Another kind of cheap stack that that's going to allow us to pay up for some of this premium pitching. And McCarty has been a low strikeout guy, high walk rate guy. He's the perfect type of guy to stack against big ISO to both sides of the plate. So um, lefties worry me a little bit about McCarty. He, he has done a great job of, you know, limiting soft contact, but he's still giving up power. So. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's not going to go more than probably 60 pitches. I don't think so. E- even if they let him I go, he... I think he went 80 in his last, like, long relief spot yeah i do see that um i don't know how much he's been throwing i I don't i didn't look into if he's getting a call up from the minors if he was pitching in triple a um maybe he's still fully stretched out so that that could be the case who knows um 
I mean, he was with Baltimore, so we have no idea what's going to be the thing here. So uh, I highly doubt he's been pitching AAA for the last 20 days. Um, he, I think the last week, so maybe one start in AAA, maybe two at most. Um, anyway. All right. We got the battle of the Subway Series. I almost said the battle of. It's the Subway Series. We got the Yankees and the Mets. We got an eight total. We have a pick em game. Jordan Montgomery going up against Tajon Walker. Uh, any interest here in Jordan Montgomery? No, not against this Mets team. They just don't strike out. Um, Montgomery isn't a huge strikeout guy in his own right. And uh, we've already talked about Strider in this same range. We've talked about Barrios in this, this same range. We've got Clevenger in the next game. Like th- this 8K range is loaded. I don't, I don't think we'll need Montgomery. Yep. Um, uh, so like the Mets are worse against left-handed pitching, like just in general, but the flip side of that is he's not a huge ceiling guy. We have so much potential ceiling on this slate. It's really hard to take a guy that his ceiling is probably like 25. So uh, Tajon Walker, 9,400. He's actually been pitching really solid here recently. He was really shaky to start the year and he's been putting up some consistent starts were they the matchups? We're going to find out um, because he's getting a tough Yankees lineup. He's 9,400. We have a ton of pitchers on the slate. I think this is a pass spot for me on Tajan Walker. Yeah, it's the price. If he was down in the 8K range with the rest of these guys, I wouldn't he's mind 7,400, Keith, we're talking about this so much more. Yeah, absolutely. But at 9,400, there's just way too much risk involved going against this red-hot Yankees team. Um yeah, I, I just I don't see a, a need to do it. I'll find a couple hundred bucks to get up to the 10K guys, or I'll go down to the 8K range where I think there's more upside. Uh, Yankees bats. I mean, Tajon Walker's been solid, but there's this guy in New York. His name's Matt Carpenter, and he's just he's hitting everything, and he's hitting everything hard, and he's hitting everything over the fence. Not, uh, not the way I thought you were going with that. I thought you were going with, with the other one. Oh, I mean, dude, like <laughs> – this guy has played 35 games. He has 14 home runs. Um, uh, it's just, it's wild. And we always knew the talent was there with Matt Carpenter. Um, us Matt Carpenter believers anyway, just d- doesn't need to hit lead off. Um, me, me and Siege said that for years and everybody laughed at us. Look, look how smart we look now. Um, I mean, you look at this Yankees lineup and on a, on a 13 game slate, the Yankees are a team that can win you a slate. So do I love the ballpark? No, <laughs> I hate the ballpark. This game was in Yankee stadium. I would like it a lot more, but I think if you're playing the Yankees, you're probably stacking them. Um, they're not one of my favorite stacks today, but they're always a stack that you're looking at in large field tournaments. Yeah. So I was on a show a couple of days ago and a completely serious question was Matt Carpenter or Ronald Acuna and Acuna was against a lefty. Um, that's just that's a wild thing to say. We got it. We got a good laugh out of that though on the show. But he he's been legitimately that good. Um, Aaron Judge has been absolutely on fire. I think Walker is is fairly decent. He's finding a way to to kind of have success. Um, I don't know. I like the Yankees. I I don't like the ballpark. It's a, a big downgrade going um, into the Mets Stadium. They're expensive. I, I, I think I'm prioritizing pitching on this. Um, so I just I'm, I don't think I'm playing a ton of Yankees is, is what I'm getting at. Obviously, I'm going to have some Aaron Judge. I don't mind the Carpenter one off. Um, but as far as a stack, I'm, I'm having trouble 
fitting in a bunch of five uh, K guys and, and paying up for the pitching that I want on this slate, I think. So probably just have judge as a one-off it will be the majority of my, my Yankees exposure. I want to see what like Yankees ownership looks like on this slate compared to like Toronto, because I mean, if you're stacking Toronto, you're stacking New York, you're probably going to live in like the mid tier pitching range and just hope your stack kind of takes you to the promised land. So I want to see like, is everybody playing Toronto, not New York because the game's in city. So who knows? Um, any interest here in the Mets bats? Kind of the same thing. Just don't love the ballpark. Montgomery is a pitcher that I, I think has talented. He's a talented real life pitcher. Um, just it's the upside for DFS that has me not, not wanting to play him, but he gets a lot of ground balls. He's got good control. Um, certainly you can play Pete Alonzo as a one-off. Uh, Escobar has been really good against lefties and he's cheap, um, but I'm, I'm not looking to stack against Montgomery. Mark Canna is 3,400. It would be more of one-offs for me as well. All right, San Diego at Detroit. Um, No total in this game. Clevenger going up against – it sounds like Garrett Hill is going to get the start in this one, so we'll see. Kind of lines up with, like, the five-day kind of rotation thing. So, Uh, Clevenger, I mean, are people gun-shy here because of Sean Manaya? Um, I hope so, because, I mean, Clevenger, 8,100, he has strikeout stuff, and Detroit scored their runs for the week, so I don't have to worry about them scoring anymore. <laughs> um, I, I mean, all joking aside, he has a 25% K rate. This is a strikeout offense. Uh, he's very much in play here. Yeah, I love this price on him. Love this matchup. Um, Detroit, we, we knew going in, Mania going into that start that Detroit handles lefties better. They're absolutely abysmal against right-handed pitching. Um, the worst in baseball, in fact. Um, this, I mean, this is as good a, as a matchup gets. Clevenger is a, a guy who's been in and out of the lineup for a long time, but it seems like he's starting to get stretched out. Feel pretty good about getting 95 pitches here. Uh, he was up to 94 in the last one. He's been over 80 um, for four or five in a row here. So feel pretty good about that leash. The strikeout stuff is coming around. You mentioned that strikeout rate's climbing up to almost 25%. So I, I love this matchup for him. I love the price tag. I, I'm, I'm going to have a ton of Clevenger. Yeah, I'm right there with you. This is one of the reasons that like, the mid-tier is just so strong. Um, yep. We're not playing um, Garrett Hill, though, right? No, definitely not at that price. Yeah, just... Sometimes you like see stuff and you're like, why is this dude 7,300? Yeah, I mean, he should be 5,500. He has a 12% K rate on the season. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just there's so much pitching on this slate that you don't need to play Garrett Hill. Um, I mean, to keep it really simple. San Diego Bats, um, any interest here in the Padres? Um, yeah, I, I do have some interest in the Padres. Uh, Machado in particular. Yeah. Um, Cronenworth is fine. Price tags up there a little bit, but but totally fine. Void is still cheap. I never mind playing him with his power. Kim's been been pretty good, um, but you just Hill doesn't strike many people out. I think the the stack is certainly in play. Profar has been, has been hitting really well for San Diego here recently. He's thirty eight hundred. Um, so there's some cheap pieces. Mazzara, depending on where he hits in the lineup, is twenty six hundred. But if he's in the middle of the, like. I know he hasn't been great, but if you get a middle of the order bat for 2,600, you can certainly go, go there. Yeah. I, I mean, just in general for San Diego in the spot Hill, we don't know how deep he's going to pitch in this game, but his biggest struggle has been left-handed power um, big time. So Profar, Cronenworth, Mazzara, Hosmer, Gresham, 
any of these guys are in play here. And I mean, San Diego is actually one of those stacks that you might land on as like even a full or secondary stack because of the pricing. Um, I have no interest in Detroit here. Like I said, they scored their runs for the month. I don't have to worry about that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Clevenger's a, a good pitcher, and, and Detroit is among the worst offenses in baseball, despite how many runs they scored on Monday. That was a lefty, man. They're <laughs> yep. like they're like 21st against lefties. They're 30th, dead last against righties. All right, cruising along here, we got the Angels and the Royals. No total in this game. Um, both pitchers are kind of questionable to start here, uh, but it sounds like it's going to be Jose Suarez going up against Angel Zerpa. Um, that's what it sounds like anyway, so we'll have to kind of see. But Zerpa is down with the minor league team, so that would have to be like one of those corresponding moves type of thing. So, um, any interest here in Jose Suarez? No, he's just he doesn't go deep enough into games. Um, like he he hasn't been five innings in any of his last three starts. He's kind of got the the pitch count's going to hover in that eighty pitch range. Kansas City's not a big strikeout team, so he he's really cheap. Um, if you were if you're throwing a dart down the slow, I don't mind it, but I there's so much upside in that 8k range for pitching today that that that's where i'm living i don't think i'll go down to the 6ks i'm with you man um he has good strikeout stuff but he gives up a ton of hard contact a ton of five balls he actually strikeouts lefties um less than he does righties so if they leave ben attending melendez um these guys in there you know this is a guy that could really struggle here uh angel zerpa on the other side Low strikeout guy, kind of a pitch to contact, tries to generate ground balls type pitcher. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on him, even with the Angels lineup being what it is right now. Yeah, I mean we're gonna be streaming pitchers against the Angels for the rest of the season, um, but Angel Zerpa is probably one that I'll pass on, especially with the given the slate context. Yeah, this is a guy. I mean, he is a decent prospect type of guy, but he's a guy that's gonna kind of rely on ground balls. Um, not big strikeout stuff in like double A or triple A. And we saw him, you know, I think only one time last year and he didn't show real big swinging strike stuff. And we've seen him for seven innings in two games this year. And he has a 5% swinging strike rate. He's really just trying to generate ground balls, big ground ball pitcher. Um, so I'm out on him. Any interest here in the angels bats? Not really as a stack. Um, I don't mind chasing some power bets. Otani is obviously always in play. I do like Taylor Ward. Very nice price on him at thirty nine hundred. Um, that's I mean, that's really it. I don't probably not playing anybody lefty lefty against Zerpa outside of Otani. So just those two. Um, not looking to stack them. Taylor Ward at thirty nine hundred. I think is a great one off in this spot. Um, outside of him. I think this is just one of those lineups. I will say, I'll say, because they do it sometimes, and they let Suzuki catch. Um, if Suzuki catches here, he's 2,400 throughout his career. He's a massive fly ball hitter facing a ground ball pitcher. He would be a fantastic catcher play at 2,400 here. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there, be on the lookout um, for that. And, oh, there was one other guy. Hold on made a note of it i just got to find it if um never mind he got triple a he got sent to triple a on sunday so i didn't see that but david mckinnon was who i was going to mention he's a huge fly ball hitter as well anyway um 
Kansas City bats on the other side of this game. I mean, Suarez gives up a ton of hard contact. I'm half tempted to say let's let's roll out some you know mini three man stacks of this Kansas City lineup here. You know, there's plenty of power, and they have the guys to kind of you know win you a slate. So I might be in on some Kansas City bats here. Yeah, I, I kind of like them too. Um, you, t- you touched on Suarez's hard contact numbers. That's that's always something I'm looking to chase. Um, Whit Jr. was out of the lineup on Monday, so hopefully he's back in there. Uh, he's obviously the, their best bat. Melendez has been been in there with Perez on the IL, even in lefty-lefty situations, so don't, don't mind him at catcher. And then everybody beyond that is pretty cheap. So guys like Pascantino and Prado, I'm fine playing lefty-lefty when they're near minimum price. Uh, Dozier at 3,100 certainly in play with his power and, and Merrifield at 3,900 with his speed is, is in play as well. So I'm with you. I, I kind of like him um, probably more as a secondary stack because I don't think it's a team that has a ton of upside, um, but I could be talked into a full stack too. One more name I'm going to throw out there. Um, if he's back in the lineup is Emmanuel Rivera, very small sample size, but 68 plate appearances against lefties this year. This dude has a 270 ISO 372 Woba. 50% hard hit rate. He is 2K. Um, so just throwing that name out there. I think he'll be in the lineup, you know, especially if um, Bobby Witt doesn't play. So Rivera, man, there's some young talent in this uh, Kansas City lineup. So, all right, cruising. We got Minnesota at Milwaukee taking on the Brew Crew, another game that doesn't have a total, another question mark as far as pitching. It sounds like it's going to be um Bundy and then Ethan Small was called up on Monday and he's expected to start in this game uh talk to me here do you have any interest in Dylan Bundy nope um just not enough strikeouts I prefer the the Milwaukee bats here in this spot um different slate I might be able to be talked into it with this matchup Milwaukee's there's some strikeouts in the lineup but Bundy's just not trying to strike anybody out this season um I, I don't need a pitcher like that on the slate yeah, Ethan Small made his debut earlier this season against the Cubs and Wrigley. Really struggled with command. That's been kind of his MO. Um, very young pitcher, one of the top 10 prospects in the Brewers organization. I think he's sixth or seventh. Um, remember looking, he was a first round draft pick in 2018, 2019. Anyway, he has good stuff, man. He has really good changeup, but his biggest problem outside of his command is he's a two-pitch pitcher and we just don't see many two-pitch pitchers work in the majors um different slate maybe i take a shot if he has a low strikeout prop maybe i take a shot on that because he has shown good strikeout ability he just has a fantastic changeup. um so yeah i just don't think i'm playing him in dfs today yeah I, the walk rate really concerns me um a young guy against Minnesota, a team with, with a lot of power. Um, it, it, even in AAA and AA, his walk rates are sky high. So he's not going to go very deep into this game. I just – the strikeout upside is there, but as far as the leash and, and going deep into the game, um, really concerned about that. All right, let's talk bats here. I mean, with his command issues, Minnesota definitely in play as a stack today. Uh, you know, I just got done talking about him being a two-pitch pitcher. He has some strikeout ability. But, I mean, this dude, if he if he struggles with command again in this spot, I mean, the Brewers can score some runs here. Or the Twins, sorry. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, what Buxton is likely out again, I assume, um, unfortunately. Um, but Correa is one of my favorite hitters on the slate. Absolutely love this matchup for him. Uh, Polanco is expensive, but I think he has upside in this matchup also. Um, Gary Sanchez against the lefty, totally fine. He probably strikes out a couple of times, but maybe he gets a hold of one. Um, like those are, those are the three I, I really want to target. I don't mind Urshela. I don't mind Kepler lefty lefty, but, um, Correa, Correa is really the one I, I want the most of. I will say that there is a chance bucks in place. They, they did say that the Brewers series is when he could potentially return. Um, Kepler potentially back in the lineup as well. Um, it was like a bruised toe or something. Uh, I think he fouled a pitch off his toe or something or got hit by a pitch or something like that. Um, and then on the Brew Crew side, I mean, I never mind taking some bats against Dylan Bundy. Um, he's a dude that can give up runs and bunches. He's not a big-time strikeout pitcher anymore. Not necessarily like a guy that typically gives up a ton of home runs, but when he's off, he's off. So, I mean, I definitely don't mind taking some Brewers bats in the spot. Yeah, I like Milwaukee in the spot too. And the pricing on them is is actually very reasonable. Um, Adamas at 5K, probably appropriately priced, but Yelich slightly underpriced at 4,600. Tella's at 4,200, um, not as egregious as that price has been, uh, but 4,200 is still too cheap for a guy with that type of power against Bundy who has struggled his entire career with fly balls and hard contact uh, Renfro at 4,100 Colton Wong at 3,600. I like the, the Brewers stack a good amount. Um, I, I'll also play them as one-offs and, and as secondary stacks because I'll be chasing some home runs against Bundy, uh, but I'll full stack them as well. Chicago White Sox, Colorado Rockies in cores. We got Kopech going up against Marquez. They're cheap, man. I mean, Michael Kopech, 6,800, probably for a reason. Any interest here in Kopech? I do not. I, you just look at what he's done this season. I, the ERA looks okay, but the, the underlying numbers, it's just not the same guy that we think of as with the big stuff. The strikeout rate is way down. He's walking way too many guys. Now he's going into Coors Field. I mean, I'm not scared of the Rockies, but that's certainly not going to help him. And like his strikeout rate this year is at 21%. Like you wouldn't think that a guy that throws triple digits is, has a strikeout rate that low, but for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to miss the bats this year. Um, and going into cores, I'm, I'm not playing him here. Yeah. I mean, if you look at th this dude, just absolutely dominated last season, um, 69 innings. He was kind of more of a bullpen guy. I think he only had like three or four starts last year. He had a massive strikeout stuff and it just hasn't clicked as a starter again. And I don't know if like they move him back to the bullpen or if he does stay. I mean, this is one of the top prospects in baseball. This dude has big time fastball stuff. Um, a lot of natural movement on his fastball, which is it's always hard to hit. But yeah, I don't think this is a spot I want to play him. Um I mean, yeah. And then like even looking at like his numbers on the year, he's such a massive fly ball guy and the walks that he is struggling with. Um, yeah. I mean, he still doesn't give up a ton of hard contact, but I don't think you want to be a fly ball pitcher with, you know, walk issues in course. So I'm going to pass on Kopech and then Herman Marquez. I mean, this is a guy that when he was outside of course, 
you know, for the last few years, we would talk about a lot. He's been pitching better here recently, but I mean, he's still pitching more to contact and he really hasn't shown that like big strikeout stuff that we love so much. Um, I think this is just a spot. This offense talented Marquez has an 18% K rate on the season. We're, we're passing on him here. Yeah. The white Sox just don't offer the upside. They, they don't strike out very much. Um, and in Coors field that, that number usually drops even more. So I, I do think Marquez is starting to figure some things out. Um, not the right team to target. I don't think and not the right slate for it. So I, I will also pass on Marquez. I mean, we saw John Gray just, he just couldn't strike guys out and cores got outside of cores with Texas. And, you know, he's kind of getting back to that form that we knew was possible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be shocked if you're like Marquez and you're like, I mean, I got to get out of course. Um, all right, let's talk bats in this one. The White Sox, outside of Anderson and Abreu, the White Sox are free. Um, they're going to be – both of these teams are going to be popular because both of these teams are underpriced in cores against pitchers that struggle. Um, I mean, like Eloy, 39. Moncada, who has been a lot better here, kind of going into the all-star break, 4K. Um, you know, Gavin Sheets is back. He's 3,400. You know, where is he going to be at in the lineup? Like, there's just – yeah, I just ah, – man, we got uh, we got some underpricing here on the White Sox. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'm going to be willing to, to take an underweight stance on tournaments and um, just – and hope that, that Marquez has kind of figured it out. Probably doesn't rack up a ton of strikeouts, but if he can limit the damage a little bit here, I'm I'm fine being underweight on the White Sox. Talked about the Blue Jays as as one of my favorite pivots away from them. I think they have just as much upside. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'm going to play some probably, but I I think as of right now, I'm probably going to end up underweight on them. I I do like Moncada's price and Jimenez's price a good amount. Um paying up for for Anderson and Abreu and then and then paying up for pitching as well is going to be a little difficult probably make it work work with a couple of punt, punt bats but I think it's just going to be a little bit too popular on this slate I'm going to hope that that Marquez continues to show his improved um performance here and and can kind of hold him down but yeah I I agree like it's it's just a game three thing it's a great spot for the White Sox yeah I mean there's so much talent in this offense we're just waiting for it to you know get rolling i mean i've seen a little bit better here recently they i think they took two out of three against the guardians so yeah i mean they're in a great spot <sighs> you could be underweight on them in tournaments and in game theory and i mean if you've done it all season it's really worked out for you because they've they have the talent and it's there it's just they haven't performed but i mean they're getting healthy too like grindal is back now like this lineup is going to continue to look better and better um, with these guys getting back here. So it's tough on the Rockies side. I mean, I love the Rockies in this spot. Kopech struggles with fly balls and he struggles with command. Like that's the two things that you want to stack against. Now you get an added bonus of course. Yeah. I think this is the lower own side of the game. Um, so I'll, I'll play more of this side, CJ Crone. I typically like him against lefties, but I think he sets up really well against Kopech here. Um, Ryan McMahon is really cheap. Connor Joe's price has come down a little bit. Um, we'll see who who that other outfielder, if, if Hilliard is in there, he's 2,100, would would be a, a phenomenal punt option. Um, Charlie Blackman's been really good this season too. Surprisingly kind of found 
another gear that he he's been lacking the last couple of, of seasons. So I like the Colorado side better than the White Sox, assuming that that it's the lower owned side. All right, we got San Francisco at Arizona Rendon against Gilbert in this one, eight and a half total. Giants, a 140 favorites. Um, yeah, any interest here in Carlos Rodon? Man, I don't know what to do with this guy. Like, the, the overall numbers on the season look great, but he has really dealt with some inconsistencies over the past month or so. Um, he did have that one 12 strikeout performance, but just he seemed to struggle with his command here recently. Um, had a really tough start last time against this Arizona team, gave up four runs, only lasted five innings, seven strikeouts. When we've got guys like McClanahan um, and, and Nola and Strider on the slate, I just, I feel more comfortable with those guys. So if he's going to be super low owned because of his recent struggles, maybe I try to get overweight, but I'm not going to do it at the expense of those other three guys I just mentioned. I, I definitely prefer them. Um, if he comes in 10%, maybe I try to go over the field on him, but I, I definitely don't feel as good about Rodon as I do uh, McLean, Hans Strider, and Nola. I mean, this guy started the season on fire, and yeah. he has been big time struggling. Um, so he was right there with McLean at the beginning of the season for, for best strikeout rate. Um, but yeah, just I don't like what I've seen. The velocities come down, um, and just some some real struggles here over the past month or so. It's not even the walks that concern me. It's the command. Like he's starting to walk people or not the velocity, but the walks and the command yep. that have been, you know, the thing that has bothered me the most when he's pitching good, they'll let him go. I mean, the ceiling is there. Um, I worry about the matchup. Arizona is a team that they can platoon big time. Um, you know, they can use Luplo, uh, Kelly, guys like that to kind of platoon this lineup with Walker. Um, so see what the lineup looks like. And then the other thing, when you have a struggling command pitcher, you really want to see what the umpire is. Um, if you get a real big extreme hitters umpire that's going to have a tighter zone for a dude that's struggling with command, um, I'll go on fading him if that happens. And then Tyler Gilbert on the other side of this game, this is an easy – easy pass for me um uh, this is not a spot i want to play gilbert they're going to be able to platoon a ton of righties against him he really struggles with righties so this is an easy fade for me yep easy pass for me too um on the giant side i mean with longoria out and yaz banged up we might not see as much pinch hitting in this game as we typically see so Really like Slater. I like Ruff. If Joey Bart's in there, he's 3,100. Um, and see who's in the lineup because depending on who's in the lineup, you, you're going to have some really solid value um, for San Francisco in this spot. Yeah, I, I like the San Francisco stack a good amount. Um, I just I don't think Gilbert's that good, honestly. Um, there's going to be a ton of rides in there. Love the price tag on guys like Slater and Ruff. You just the pinch hit stuff is is what it is. I mean, if if you ended up losing a guy, like you just kind of got to deal with it. But I'm still going to play it. Like there's two, there's two home run upside for those guys um, against a lefty like Gilbert. So I I'll still play him. Um, Flores, um, who's the Villar is is super cheap. Um, ton of power. Like it's a, it's a cheap stack. Um, maybe if you're con real concerned about the pinch hit risk, you could play just a one off or two and try to hit the guy that, that 
gets the four or five at bats. Um, but I, I'm perfectly fine full stacking them here. Arizona bats, anything standing out here against uh, Carlos Rodon? No, I, even if Rodon is not quite right um, here recently, I still don't really want to pick on him. Um, I will say Christian Walker's price is, is pretty tempting if you're looking for a cheap home run. Um, but I'm not stacking against him. Even when he struggled with his command, he's not a guy that's going to get blown up. Uh, the strikeout stuff is is still among the best in baseball, so he can work his way out of some jams. Um, but I don't mind trying to find a home run, uh, especially at a cheap price like Walker or, or Luke Lau at 3,200 is fine too. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I like Luplo and Walker a lot in this spot. Walker's 3,600, uh, Luplo's 3,200, some power. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind taking shots on some one-offs here, chasing that power uh, against a guy that, I mean, really has been struggling recently couple walks and your guy gets up there and hits a bomb i mean you're off to the races so all right houston at oakland another game without a, a total we got garcia against montas um any interest here in luis garcia facing oakland yeah i mean it's a phenomenal matchup luis garcia has had himself a very nice season i, I think he comes in low owned because of some of the other pitchers that we talked about um maybe not because of the matchup i i hope some like this is ownership dependent on me. If he's going to get grab ownership, I I'll fade him so I, that I can get even more overweight on Strider. Um, be really interested to see where the ownership number comes out. Strider has a tougher ballpark, um, but I think the strikeout upside going against Philly for Strider is even greater than than Garcia. Garcia is certainly a, a safer option with this week Oakland lineup, but I just, Strider has more upside. I, like it's not that much more to get up to a Nola or a McClanahan. So I, it's going to be ownership dependent on me uh, for me on Garcia. Um, I love the matchup. Obviously I like Garcia as a pitcher. Um, I just, I think the other three have a little bit more upside. Um, it's so if he's coming in at 20%, I, I don't see myself getting over that. Yeah. I mean, any pitcher at this point in the season that is facing Oakland is going to have ownership. Um, I mean, there's no, there's no easy way to say it outside of just saying that. Like we, we saw Jake Odorizzi on a slate with some pitching options yesterday at 23 and a half percent in, I think in the 15. Um, so gosh, it's tough because, because there's so many, so many other pitchers today. Do we see him at like 15? I'm in, I'm in on 15%. I think that is a, a fair pre, a fair ownership to kind of have some interest in Garcia. Let's talk about the other side of this game, though. We got Frankie Montas. He's 9,600. He's getting a tough Houston lineup. I don't think anybody's playing Frankie Montas today. I don't either. Um, and I think that includes me, too. I'm just I'm concerned about what they're doing leading up to the trade deadline here. He's left his last two starts with injury or they only let him. He left his two starts ago with injury and then they only let him go three innings in the last one. I don't think they have any reason to push him. They're absolutely trying to trade Montas. I wouldn't be surprised if they say go out there and show people you're healthy um, and then kind of sit him down. This this could be his last last start before the trade deadline. So or before he gets moved anyway, maybe, maybe they push it right up to the deadline and he gets one more with Oakland, but the tough matchup, the, the injury and the trade 
rumors swirling around him are just a little bit too much baggage for me to try to take a chance on him in this matchup with Houston, especially with the the other pitching that we have on the slate. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that 100 pitches has been his thing all year. Um, you know, they said could be back to his normal workload, but I'm with you, man. I don't I just don't see them risking it like this is someone they could i mean they could offload some money and they could get some prospects type of type of trade um so i wouldn't be shocked if we see like montas in like a rays or blue jays uniform um i think everything that i've been reading i think he stays in the al but we'll see uh oakland's oakland's one of those teams where i I mean, they, they definitely don't mind sending teams or players in the same division or even in the same conference. So, all right, let's talk bats. I really don't like anything on the bat side of this game. Jordan Alvarez against Montas. If Montas gets 85 pitches, he's 6,100. Houston's so expensive that if Montas does pitch a full game here, I just don't see a ton of ceiling. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, like Montas threw three innings his last time. I, I think he'll go a little longer than that. Um, Houston's expensive, really difficult ballpark. Um, I don't I don't want to pay these prices for Houston against a good pitcher in a tough ballpark. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I won't have any Houston. I definitely won't have Oakland. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Can say that almost every slate. Texas at Seattle. Eight total in this game. The Mariners are 160 favorite. Dunning going against Kirby. Uh, any interest here in Dane Dunning at 7,400? I don't mind the price. And on a different slate, I, I might have interest in this, but I just, there's not enough upside for like $1,000 more. I can have so much more upside. Um, he's also coming off the IL. He, he did get a full rehab start. So it sounds like he's back to fully stretched out. Um, but the first start coming back off the IL, I don't know. There's, it's just not worth the risk for me. Um, I like the pitcher. I like the the price tag, but probably don't need it on the slate. He, yeah, he threw five innings in his rehab start. Um, should be in his normal 80 to 90 pitch range, but tougher matchup going up against Seattle. This is a tough offense. We, we've been talking about it for a month, and the fact that they went on that massive like win streak and everything, it didn't shock me at all because this offense is tough. Um, there's little to no strikeouts at the top half of this order. There's walks. Um, I'm out on Dunning here. The real question is, do we roll the dice on 8,500 George Kirby? Yeah, I mean, on a different slate, I would say absolutely. He would be one of my higher own pitchers. Um, I, uh, I yeah, love if he Kirby was on Monday slate, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, he would have been the highest owned guy on the slate. Yeah. Um, love the prospect. Uh, just phenomenal control that that walk rate is absolutely elite just the strikeouts around 23 percent. i don't know if that's enough uh considering some of the other guys in this same range i'll probably have a sprinkle of him because i think he comes in with low ownership and and i do like him as a pitcher i think he's a guy that that will eventually have big time strikeout stuff not quite fully there but he we have seen flashes of it he's had a couple of games where he's had the eight or nine strikeout performance not terribly afraid of this Texas offense. I think it's a, a spot that he could kind of flash. Um, so assuming that he's he's under 10% owned, I'll, I'll probably have a sprinkle of him, but it's just going to be large field stuff um, because of the, there's so much other pitching to love on the slate. 
I think if he's 5% owned, we potentially roll the dice on him a little bit. Also want to see what his strikeout prop is. Texas doesn't walk, and there are a lot of strikeouts on the bottom half of this order, even in the mid part of this lineup. You know, you just you're trying to beat Simeon and Seeger because they're going to put the ball in a lot. They're patient. Um, they work counts. But once you get down, I mean, Garcia, Heim, Lowe, Calhoun, Duran, these guys strike out at good clips. So if he's going to be like no one's playing him and everyone is playing like two mid-tier pitchers to play like Toronto and some of those other offenses, all right, well, I'll just pivot off of one of those mid-tier guys and play Kirby and make my Toronto stack different, you know, because – I mean, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people are going to be playing Clevenger. I think a lot of people are going to be playing Strider. Those two guys are just fantastic spots with a ton of upside. And here we are in the same price range. You got Kirby, who no one's going to play. So I can play one of those guys with Kirby and stack one of the offenses that everyone else is stacking. And if my guy outscores their offense, um, I'm looking better. So um, that's where I would use Kirby. Because I do think, I mean, he is talented. And while Texas is solid, they, they have strikeouts. So, um, any interest here in the Texas bats? So, Kirby is, is a fly ball pitcher. Um, I don't mind chasing some home runs. Not, not an ideal ballpark to do that. But um, I really wish Adolis Garcia was, was cheaper because I do like this matchup for Garcia. Simeon, kind of the same deal. Um, if Texas bats were cheaper, I would have a lot more interest in trying to find a home run here. But with with Garcia, Simeon, Seager all, all over 5K, I probably don't end up chasing it much. Um, we'll see how much I, I end up playing Kirby. But I, I love the matchup for Dolores Garcia in particular. But just the pricing is, is probably going to keep me away today. Love the spot for him, too. He's the guy that I had circled. Kirby's had some reverse power splits um, this season. You know, we've seen him give up a ton of power. He's trying to use that slider. He throws 69% fastballs to lefties and 53% sliders to righties. So he's trying to use the slider way too much. So anytime we're looking at a guy that's going to use the slider that much, um, we have to look at it. And Garcia actually hits sliders for a lot of power um, when he makes contact with them. So Maybe Garcia is one of those guys you just throw like a quarter, half a unit down on the hit a home run instead of, um, you know, playing him in DFS. But I think if, again, like depending on how many lineups you're playing, you could you could potentially do it. Seattle side, I mean, I don't mind picking on Dane Dunning um, in this spot. I think it'd be more of like a secondary type of stack for me on Seattle. Um, My home run call. On yesterday's podcast was Ty France. He just hit a home run. So there you go. Good mojo nice. for this for this offense. Ty France is really good. And he is, man. Been, so is Rodriguez. Awesome like, yeah. 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 I mean, Rodriguez is on his way to like top five in baseball status. Like he's gonna be in that like Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna tier in a couple of years here, I think. Dude is is uber talented. I mean, they're they got a talented, like little young bunch, man. They got yeah, like, Seattle's Kyle gonna Riley. be real good. Yep too um but, and there's some pitching pro i mean we just talked about kirby gilbert looks really good and he's a really young guy yeah seattle's got a nice little team they're building there yeah i mean if suarez can stay healthy he's a solid hitter crawford's young um i think they're gonna need to get like a better dh type of situation but i mean carlos santana is still a guy that is super solid just in general um 
you know, they're going to go out, I feel like, and, you know, kind of get like one of those power bats potentially though, to fill that gap next year. Cause I think Santana's contract is up at the end of this year. And he was, a he was kind of one of those guys, Hey, let's fill him in for the rest of the year type of trade. Yeah, definitely. They still got Haniger on the, the IL too. Um, Kyle Lewis is kind of working his way back. Like there's loads of talent in the organ- organization. Taylor Tram- Trammell was another guy that was kind of figuring it out before he went down. So yeah, we'll see. I think it's they're probably a year away still, but very interesting team next year, I think. Eventually, Winker is going to figure it out again, too. Yeah. All right, we finish it out with Washington at L.A. taking on the Dodgers. Uh, nine total in this game. The Dodgers are a 250 favorite here. Josiah Gray going up against Mitch White. Uh, any interest here in Josiah Gray? 9,200 against the Dodgers? <laughs> no, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm out on Gray. We're... Josiah Gray struggles so much with lefties, Freeman, Lamb, Muncie, Lux, Bellinger. I mean, just so many lefties in this lineup. Very little strikeouts. I'm going to pass on Josiah Gray here. And then Mitch White, 7,600. Just not a huge strikeout guy. Going up against an offense that doesn't strike out a ton. I mean, we have so many guys today. I'm just going to pass on White as well. Yep, you nailed it. it on different slate, I would be totally fine with it, but a, a lower strikeout rate guy against a, a low strikeout offense, um, I'll, I'll chase the uh, the upside on the other guys for sure. Any bats that you like here for Washington? Um, I mean, Juan Soto obviously can always play, but I, I don't think I want to stack against White. I think there's plenty of talent there. Um, and Washington's just not a team that I love to, to stack anyway. It, it falls off pretty quickly after Soto and Bell. Um, yeah, I, there's nothing really to love here outside of Juan Soto. Yeah, Juan Soto one off. Bell is solid. It's just 4,800. Um, I'm not paying that for him. And then, I mean, the Dodgers stack could potentially fly under the radar because it's a 10 o'clock game and there's so many options on the slate, so – um, I like them. And uh, Dallas Garcia just hit a home run. They they know we're talking about them. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Um, I, Dodgers lefties against Gray. I, I have a ton of interest in Freeman's prices is, is way up there at 6,200. Not sure how much I'm going to get get to him. Absolutely love this spot for him as Gray has struggled mightily with left-handed power. Um, but that's a, that's a big price tag. Uh, Muncie at 4,200 looks like a, just as good of an option. Um, due to the price difference, Bellinger, if he's back in there at 3,700, um, Lux at 3,600, but the full stack I'm, I'm not in love with because I, it's the pricing for me, mostly like paying almost 6k for Turner and Betts and, and 5k for Will Smith is, is difficult to fit in with the pitching I want to play. Um, but I do like, like some of the lefties Muncie in particular, love that price. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Um, who do you got today? I'm going to go Jose Barrios here. Like that's The Cardinals are not a team I ever attack for strikeouts, but without their two best hitters, I think it's a, a different kind of matchup. Yeah, Barrios is the guy that I was looking at as well. Um, honestly, I don't think really anybody else – gets there on the slate um so if i had to pick somebody i'd say ethan small because he might give up some runs but i think he'll get some strikeouts but yeah i think this is a day live in the mid-tier in the high range because it's just absolutely loaded 
over 8K to score under 15 in that loaded range. Who don't you like today? Uh, give me John Gray or uh, Josiah Gray to give up a couple of home runs against those those Dodgers lefties. Uh, I think they chase him pretty early here. Yeah, and I'm going to go because we talked about so many guys today. I'm going to go kind of towards the top and say Carlos Rodon um, in this matchup. He just really hasn't been flashing ton of ceiling um, under 20 fantasy points in four of his last five starts. So I'm going to go Carlos Rodon in this one. Uh, give me a guy not in cores over 4K to go yard today. Um, I like the Brewers to hit a couple of home runs today against Bundy. Give me Willie Adamas. I like that. And for what it's worth, I did say that was my home run call, Ty France. That was my home run call on extra survey. Yesterday's home run call, I just looked at it, was Hunter Renfro. So um, I'm going to kind of go a little off the board to a guy that only has five home runs on the season, but give me Brandon Lau for Tampa going up against Watkins. Under 4K to get two hits, not in cores. Who do you got to get some hits today? Um, I'm going to be stacking a lot of guardians with, with these prices. Quan is a guy that's going to be a part of those stacks. He's just a hit machine. He gets multiple hits in a lot of games. So give me Quan at 3,700. I'm going to give out two today. I'm going to say Taylor Ward is my main one here at 3,900 um, going up against the, the lefty. But just want to throw this name out there one more time before uh, we get out of here. Emmanuel Rivera, 2K, has plenty of power against left-handed pitching. Um, he is in a fantastic spot here against Suarez. I really, really like him today. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs. I'm going Toronto here. Uh, Palante's ground ball skills, it was his one skill that he had flashed that's kind of fallen off a little bit here. Toronto just loaded with power. Um, I think they beat him up pretty good. I'm going to go Kansas City Royals against the Angels today. I nice. there, There's a good chance that you see them on the expert survey a couple times for me today. I, I like the spot. Against Suarez a lot, you, you kind of hope that Witt, Bobby Witt's back in the lineup. That really helps this lineup just in general. But I think this is a fantastic spot against a guy that just, yeah, he has some strikeout stuff, but he walks guys. He gives up a ton of hard contact, a ton of power, and a ton of fly balls. So really like the Royals to be one of those sneaky teams on this big slate. Uh, Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Loaded pitching slate, uh, going to need some upside from pitching today. So um, don't don't mess around with the cheap stuff. I think live in that 8K range, go up to the studs at, at 10K. Um, but this should be a fun one. All right. That is going to wrap it up for Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday, talking some more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then.